Hey, this is Andrea, and you're listening to the City Heart Podcast. We hope that this series inspires you, challenges you, and propels you to dive deeper into your relationship with God. Enjoy the message. So we've been in this series called Forward, and here's a good thing. I'm not teaching it today, but my lovely wife, who is well-versed in communicating our culture as a church, is going to come, and she's going to share with us from Forward. Come on up, love. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna go in order for the production team, but I wanna. I just wanna start in prayer because I need to be obedient. So let's just pray. Um, hallelujah, Father. I just thank you so much for um, what you're doing, how you're moving in this place. Thank you, Lord. Um, what. Just as we pray in this moment, I just got a text from a friend um, just really expressing how hard it is to have the hope that we profess right before coming up here. And in thinking about that, I recognize that we're not all in the same place. We just have this beautiful worship moment, Lord. And for some of us, it's hard. It's hard to believe. It's hard to worship. It's hard to trust you. We've experienced disappointment. We've experienced pain. We've experienced letdown. And we don't know what to do. So God, I just come before you in obedience. And I thank you, Lord, that that pain is not too heavy for you to bear. It might be heavy for us, but it's, it's never too heavy for you. And so God, right now, before we even move on in this message, I just pray that you would be the great <laughs> heavy weight lifter that you are, that you would be the, the great counselor, that you would just be the scale where we can come and take the weight and lay it at your feet. We can take it off of ourselves and lay it at you. And, and I, just, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would move on the heart of the doubter in this room, that you'd move on the heart of the one that's really trying and wants to, but is having a hard time letting go of their past, letting go of their past sins, of their past mistakes, the labels that have been put on them. They're having a hard time not being who others have said that they are. Would you just help them right now in the name of Jesus? Would you just help us to walk again? Would you just help us to believe again? Would you just help us? Your word says that you would give us the faith that we need. We keep trying to have faith. All we need to do is ask you for it, and you'll increase it. God, would you do that for us? Lord, we need you. There's someone in this room that's been um, battling with suicidal thoughts. God, that's a real thing. The body of Christ needs to recognize that mental health and mental unhealth is a real thing. And so, God, we come before you with that. We lay that at your feet. I take that weight in the name of Jesus, in the spirit. We take that weight off and put it on your scale because you can carry that. And so, God, I just thank you that you see us. I thank you that you've heard her prayer. I thank you that you've heard his cry and that you can carry that. That's not too heavy for you. God, thank you. And God, thank you. Not only can you carry that, but you can replace that darkness with something that's lighter and that actually fits. See, that doesn't fit on us. Lord God, 
the hopelessness that's too heavy. God, we're gonna take that hopelessness off and we're gonna put on your hope. The hope that you have, not the hope that we have because we don't have it, the hope that you have in us. We carry that, we carry that, we carry the Jesus hope. And when we don't have it, your, your word says that your grace is made perfect when we don't have it. And so God, we receive all that you're doing and all that you wanna do. God, I thank you that your word says that when we call on your name, that's why Pastor Kevin had us saying Jesus, Jesus, Jesus over and over again, because there's power in your word. So when we call on your name, then we're saved. Yeah, not, I'm not talking about going to heaven or hell. I'm talking about when we call on your name, then we're saved. We're rescued from the darkness. We're rescued from the thing that is so heavy, God. That's what you're talking about. So Lord, we call on your name. Even in our doubt, you can handle that. Jesus. Lord, thank you for what you are doing. Thank you even for the pain because it's through the pain that we get to the other side where there's light and where there's victory that you don't just take it away, but you walk us through it. So that when we come out on the other side, we've got something to talk about. That we've got something to share with everybody else that actually you are who you say you are. God, thank you for that. Jesus. We love you. We praise you. Lord, you know I need you. Even now. Speak through us as we open this word up and as we read, as we continue determining to move forward, not letting 2020 take us out. No, devil, you have just lied. We're going to move forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello, good morning. My name is Pastor Andrea. I am this beautiful man's beautiful wife. And thank you for being here with us. Listen, it's been a tough week, as Pastor Kevin already said. Um, you know, losing Brittany, not losing, Lord, she's with you, you know. Um, but God is still so good. And in preparation for today, I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I woke up this morning feeling like I don't have any right to be up here today. Um, not just because of the title, yeah, I had that, but that means nothing. Um, the enemy was real strong this morning <clears throat> and it was saying, you, you, you don't measure up. If they only knew what your week was like, if they only knew what your thought life was like this week, you really shouldn't be up here. And the truth of the matter is, the devil is right in that I shouldn't be. But praise be to God, I am. Because God says that I'm worthy, even though I know I'm not. God says that I'm righteous, even though I know that I am not. And so I'm, I'm coming before you with that frame of mind, knowing who I am but also knowing who he says I am and choosing to trust in what he says, even though my flesh and my circumstance makes me think that maybe God, you missed it. Maybe you picked the wrong one, right? And I just feel if I'm feeling like that today, if the enemy can kind of mess with me like that or myself can self-talk like that, maybe there's somebody else in this room that feels like that. And so in this series forward, you probably think we're misspelling it. We did that on purpose. This is a series talking about how do we progress when we've had the year that we've had? How do we progress when we had a New Year's resolution in January and completely didn't get to it by the end of January, we were done with that? How do we move forward in life? Uh, last month was our four year anniversary, hence the word forward, because this series started right after that. And as a way to honor the Lord and saying, ooh, God, thank you for letting us make it for four years, we went and thought, okay, 
well, what did we start on? What was our foundation? And they were our church's core values. And so over the last couple of weeks, we've been going through the core values of City Heart Church, which which we feel like are great core values for us as just believers. And so in this series, we've talked about a number of things. And today we're gonna talk about the fourth core value. Hello, moving forward. That's gonna help us to progress. Um, And so as we do that, I want you to open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter one. And we're gonna read the scriptures that we're gonna talk about today. And I'm just gonna share my heart and the Lord's heart um, about this fourth core value because it's, 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 a, it's a great one and I love it. And I'm also challenged by it and the Lord is really working on my heart, amen? Now, I know if he's working on mine, he's working on yours too. So we're all in this together, right? All right, so Ephesians chapter one, starting in verse three. This is written by um, the apostle Paul to the church of Ephesus. He'd already planted this church, just like that little church plant here. And he was writing them a letter to encourage them in this moment. And so he starts off in verse three of Ephesians chapter one, and he says, all praise to God, the father of our Lord, Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we're united with Christ. Now, even before he made the world, he loved us. God loved us. And he chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ, our Lord. This is what he wanted to do. It actually gave him pleasure. Verse six, so we praise God for the glorious grace that he's poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his very own son and he forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious, sorry, mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. Skip down to verse 13. And now you Gentiles, that's us, we're not Jewish, unless you are Jewish in the room, have now heard the truth the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you. How did he do that? By his own spirit, giving you his very own Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. Verse 14, the spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance that he promised. He's referring to the resurrection there. And that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so that we would praise and glorify him. And turn with me really quickly to 2 Corinthians. You're gonna go back a few chapters to chapter nine. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter nine. This is familiar if you've been in church for a little bit. Um, And we're gonna talk about this fourth core value and it has a lot to do with what is in this chapter nine of 2 Corinthians. Again, another letter to the church. And it says this, starting in verse six of 2 Corinthians chapter nine. It says, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. (laughs) Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Verse seven, each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Verse 10, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, I like to add to eat, will also supply and increase your store of seed and he will also enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Verse 11, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. 
and through your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. And so today, my title for this message, for this forward message is Just Like God. We want to be just like God in his generosity. And so we're going to talk through that. And so like I said before, we're in this forward series, and we've been talking about walking again, not letting 2020 take us out, right? Walking again in the fellowship that we have with Jesus, the fellowship that we can have with one another, and the freedom that we have in the Lord Jesus. And so we've already talked about what's forward. We're implying forward movement. movement. We're not going to stay stagnant. We're not going to just say this year is just shot. I just don't know. We're going to keep moving. We're going to get up because we serve a God who resurrects things. So it doesn't make sense for us to stay dormant. Amen? Okay. And so over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about moving from darkness to light, into the light. That's our theme for the year. And Pastor Kevin just preached the house down last week and talked about humility and what that looks like. And the beautiful thing I love about this theme of into the light, I think about it like a doctor going to a doctor's office, right? And so when I think about moving into the light, a lot of times that can be a little nerve wracking if you don't like going to the doctor. But one of the things that I love about doctor's visits is just all the different tools that they use. And so even in the doctor's office, if they can't see, they turn on light, right? So they can focus in on the thing that they're trying to help you with. And so that's what I think about with this year's theme of into the light. Okay, Lord, what is it that's going on with me that I can't figure out? I'm coming into the great physician's office and he's turning on his light so that he can see, not so that I can fix it, but so that he can fix it. And so if we keep that as our perspective, right, we can look at into the light as, okay, Lord, what is it that's going on with me that I just can't seem to shake? And he says, come into my office. Let me turn on my light. Let me look at it. And then let me help you fix it. Let me prescribe something that's going to fix that situation. Now, for some of us, that might not be your situation. You might have a gift or a calling or something that's going on with you that could benefit other people, but you're hiding it in the dark. Okay. And so when we're saying into the light, that that's our theme for this year, (laughs) wouldn't the world be a better place if all of us use our gifts and talents? to benefit each other. That's what we're talking about. Bring that into the light because the world needs it. Amen. And so over the last couple of weeks, Pastor Kevin's been teaching and preaching the house down. The very first week, the very first core value was we follow Jesus, that he is the model that we follow. He is the savior that we all need. Can I get an amen? The second week was we will be all heart. We're going to love first, no matter what you look like, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you've been through, even no matter who you love, I'm going to love you because God loves you. Amen. And so even in that, getting outside of ourselves and stop being so judgmental, if we actually do those things following Jesus and being all heart, we could actually move forward as in humanity, in Jesus. And then last week, we talked about living to serve. That service is actually the superpower of the humble. That was God's superpower. And that scripture tells us that he didn't come here to be served. He was a king. He could have been served, but he said no. I'm going to serve you because that's really what's going to change your situation. And so that brings us to this week. Whoop, whoop. Core value number four, we give and we grow. Oh, Lord, she's talking about giving. Yes, I am. But it's probably not in the way that you think. So let me just read for you what this core value means. It says this. We are devoted to generosity, following the pattern of God, whether it's our time, our talent, our treasure. We believe in giving as an avenue for growth in our personal lives, and also within our city. Yes, the city of Jackson or Madison or Clinton, wherever you live, but your sphere of influence, your personal city. And in our culture of generosity, it is infectious. And we are all gonna jump in at opportunities to bless others because that's what Jesus did. And since Jesus is the model that we follow, we have to look at how he lived his life. How did he live his life? 
doing whatever his daddy told him to do, just like God. All throughout the gospels, you see him saying, I'm just here to do the will of the father. You wanna know what he was doing every time he was going away to pray by himself, probably to encourage himself, I can do this, I gotta keep going. But also saying, Lord, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to do this? What do you want me to preach? How do you, when is it time? Going to the Lord again and again. So let's look at the heart of God because I'm a big believer that if you understand the why, maybe it'll make it easier for you to do what you need to do. The why is so important so you can get busy doing. But if you don't understand the heart of God, you're not gonna understand why he asks things of you, why he commands things of you because you don't understand who it is that's asking. So let's jump into the word. John 3, 16, we know this. We're gonna read two verses, the 16th and the 17th of this. And I want you to look at it in the, in the filter of, I'm trying to learn the heart of God. Verse 16 of John chapter three, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in his son will not perish but have eternal life. Verse 17 says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. I think that verse 17 is key because so many times we think that Jesus is out to condemn us. In fact, he literally said to us time and time again, no, I'm trying to save your life. You think I'm trying to put you down. That's your own conviction. What I'm saying to you is I'm here to save you from whatever it is that you're going through. That's love. That's the heart of God. Flipping over to John chapter 15. Ooh, I love this. I'm not going to stay long because I know we went over time with worship. It starts in verse one. It says, I am the true vine. This is Jesus talking to the disciples. I am the true vine and the father, my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes it so that it will be even more fruitful. Verse seven. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, again, this is Jesus talking to us, whatever you wish, it'll be done for you if you remain in the vine. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So we're looking for the heart of God, right? So we can understand why God asked us to be generous, why he asked us to give. And what I love about John chapter 15, I encourage you to read that whole little section there, verse one to, I think it goes down to nine or 12. You could look at this and think, oh my God, God's gonna cut me up. He's gonna burn me up if I don't get busy doing something. The word says that, not me. Yes, that's there. And that could seem harsh, but it's not though. Because if you look at this, and this is what I love in verse seven, this is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit. If the father is the gardener, right? And we're in the garden, we're, we're a part of the garden, we're a branch, and it's our responsibility to bear much fruit. You could look at that and just think about what you're supposed to do. I would encourage you to look at that until you know what you're supposed to do, but I need you to also see that you're not doing that alone. Because if the father is the gardener, don't you think that he would do everything in his power to make sure that the garden is fruitful? Let me just give you a real life example, okay? Girls these days, we get on social media. If you're trying to find a new hairstylist, what do you do? You get on social media and you look at people's pictures that they post of the different styles that they do, okay? I'm not gonna go to somebody who all your pictures look busted. That's not gonna happen, okay? If you, if you never look done up and you're telling me that I, I'm this amazing stylist, I, 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 I'm not gonna trust that, okay? I'm not gonna trust that. And so when I read this, all, and I can't take credit, the Holy Spirit totally showed this to me. He said to me, Drea, don't look at, oh my God, God's gonna prune me and that's gonna hurt and I don't wanna go through that or he's gonna throw me to the fire because I'm not being fruitful. Don't look at it like that. It's true. But look at it like, listen, 
The glory of the gardener is his garden. Okay? He can't brag about being a gardener if his garden is a hot mess. So, you got, do not miss this because this is going to change how you see God. I, I pray, I hope it does. So, if the glory of the gardener is his garden, don't you think that the glory of the Father is you? You're the one bearing the fruit. Why would he leave you with, with dead limbs that need to be pruned off? Why would he leave you dehydrated? Why would he leave you not fed? God would never do that. We're looking at the heart of the father because once you understand the heart of the father, then you'll understand why he's asking you to live the way he's asking you to live, to serve the way he's asking you to serve, to give the way he's asking you to give. Don't you think he knows that whatever he's asking you to do is going to produce a fruit in your life that will last? You know that word eternal that you see in the Bible all the time. Eternal just doesn't mean going to heaven. The actual word eternal means never ending, perpetual life. You can have that life here on the earth waking up every day, feeling alive, like something is going on. It is the power of the Holy Spirit working in you. And then you have that life on the other side. Amen. All right. That's John chapter 15, Ephesians chapter one. We just read it. Look at this through the lens of what has God given me? What is his heart for me? Ephesians chapter one. I'm going to read it with my own Drea-isms. Okay. Y'all ready? Here we go. All right. Ephesians chapter one, verse three. The Apostle Paul, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Stop. What? Everything? Everything. All things? All things. All the time? Oh, yes, all the time. The question is, do we believe that? The question is, are we operating like that? I'm going to just repent right now. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry. I do not live like that. I need to. I need to. I let fear sometimes get a hold of me but I need to live like this. I need to be saying to myself, no devil, I got everything that I need. Just in verse three, verse four, even before he made the world, even before you came and rejected him. Do you see it like that? That's how I see it. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy, not perfect, but set apart without fault in his eyes. He did that through the blood of Jesus. I also see that even before he made us, he accepted us. That's what I see, that he chose me before. Verse five, God decided in advance. Again, whenever you see in the Bible something that's repeating, even before God decided in advance, they're trying to get you to understand something that God planned for us. Don't you hate it when you go somewhere, people have planned a party, they've invited you and they're not ready? Jesus, that's normally me, but I'm just saying. I wish I could be like that. But thanks be to God that he's better than me. Verse five, God decided in advance to adopt us into his family. So many people, let me, this is, this is quick. Kevin and I both grew up, and this is no fault of our own parents, in divorced households. And so we often were, thanks be to God, delivered, have battled with that spirit of rejection or abandonment or just, why, you know, how come other kids have other things that we don't have? And so I think that one of the things that the enemy is constantly trying to do is have people to experience rejection in their own homes and in their own families. And that's why verse five is so important because this is the God that we serve who has adopted us and planned for us to be a part of his family with his name, with his power and everything that comes with that. That's verse five. Moving on to verse six. Oh, the other part of verse five is so good because it says this is what he wanted to do. It gave him good pleasure. Oh my gosh. Okay, so verse six. So we praise God 
for his glorious grace that he has poured out on us because we belong to Jesus. What is grace? Grace is power. Yeah, it's permission, but you you gotta look at it beyond that. Grace is the power to do things the way that God would do. It's his grace. I'm gracing you with my abilities. My God. We're looking through the, the lens of who is the father that we're serving? Who is it that we're emulating? This is the kind of God. Verse eight, that he showers us, right? Oh, let's skip verse seven. Verse seven, he's so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom, killing his own son for us, taking life so that you could have it, forgiving our sins. Verse eight, showering us in his kindness. God is kind. He's just, don't mock God, don't mess around, but he is kind. Verse nine, God has now revealed to us his mysterious will, sharing his secrets with us, with us giving his, of his, us his mind. So good. Skipping down to verse 13, we've heard the truth, right? Paraphrasing here. Verse 13 talks about the Holy Spirit. How does he identify us? How does he know us? He gives us his Holy Spirit. What is that? His presence all of the time. We started verse three all the time, every blessing. His guidance, his power, his insight. Jeez, verse 14, the Spirit of God is a guarantee that he will give us the inheritance. (laughs) That means you got more stuff to look forward to. That is the God that we serve. So if you don't get it by now, God is generous. And I don't know how else to explain it to you, but to encourage you to see God as a generous God. And really quickly, I just, I need, the reason why I spend so much time on this is because I think a lot of us, and I'm like this too, I have to remind myself of the truth. Remind myself of the truth. Remind myself of the truth. That's why the word says to renew your mind daily and daily because, you know, we're only in church for what, 90 minutes? if that, right? And you're in the world for so many more minutes than that, right? Once a week, you come into the house of God. That's why it's so important for you to study on your own because the world, your own self, how you were raised, what the enemy's saying, what people who don't believe in Jesus are saying, are saying something counter and trying to get you to buy into and to believe something that's not true. They're trying to get you to believe in an image of God that's just false, a God who's upset with you, a God who's not real, a God who, why would God let bad things happen? Well, the reason why you need God is because bad things happen, okay? And so you need to know what the truth is. And so that's why I'm spending so much time on it. So the last thing I wanna say is this. He gives us gifts in this section. And I want you to see these gifts. We just talked about it. He gives us his life. Matthew 20 talks about Jesus being a ransom for us. He gives us new life, eternal life. We already read it in John 3, 16. And 2 Corinthians, it talks about being a new creation. He gives us his authority, meaning we can do things in his power if we so chose to, okay? The keys of the kingdom are ours. Are we using them? No, they're locked in our purse because we forgot about them, okay? Peace of mind and heart. You don't have to entertain and constantly go through things. You could have the peace of God. That's not saying you're not going to go through things. It's saying you can have peace in the chaos. Rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Jesus says, listen, I know you're burnt out. I know you're exhausted. I can carry that. Would you come to me? Provision. Philippians 4, 19. God will supply all your needs if you let him. That's my version. Public servants. People literally here to serve you, apostles, prophets, teachers, preachers. What are we here to do? Equip you to do the work that God's called you to do. You got people serving you. Are you letting them? His armor. Look at all the things that God has given you. His armor. Hey, I'm calling you to serve. I'm calling you to to fight for me, fight for faith. But I'm giving you everything that you need. You don't need to come up and show up with anything. I got the armor. I got the weapons. I got everything that you need. Just use them. 
his protection, Psalm 46, his power, his grace, his wisdom, his insight. If you didn't know, when people say, oh, no eye has seen and no ear has heard, do you know what the next part of that scripture says? But we know because we have the Holy Spirit and people don't preach the full gospel. And the reason why that bothers me so much is because we allow ourselves to stay in fear and we allow ourselves to stay in a situation where we have access to the Spirit of God. We can know things because we have the Holy Spirit, we have the mind of Christ, and we have his presence. We've already talked about that. But in Deuteronomy chapter 31, if you read the books of Joshua, the Lord is saying over and over again, because every time we look in the mirror, we forget. And so every time somebody tells us something, we forget. Y'all pray for Pastor Kevin, because he'll tell me, oh, you look so pretty. And two seconds later, I'll be like, oh my gosh, what? I just forgot what you said. We do that, that's a real thing. That's why God keeps repeating the same thing over and over. I love you. I'm never gonna leave you nor forsake you. I have given you my armor. I have given you my name. I have given you my authority. I'm give, I'll give you more faith. What do you need, baby? I got you. And so I'm saying all that to say, if you don't get it, that God is generous. He's a giver. And if he's a giver and I'm made in his image and his likeness, like it says in Genesis chapter 1, 26, in the beginning, before we fell, we were made just like God. Now, we messed it up. Okay, that's our fault. We messed it up. But praise be to God for Jesus, who came back to reconcile us to him so we can get back to the original plan, which was to be like God. See, the enemy knows that. Doesn't that just make you mad? I was about to say piss you off. It doesn't just piss you off. It makes me so mad because the enemy knows that we have authority and he knows that we don't know it. The enemy knows that we can look to a mountain and speak to it and tell it to move. And by that, you can look to a situation. You can look to how you feel. You can tell your feelings. I know this is real. I know this is how I feel, but God, I can get through this with you if you just help me. He knows that you have that power and he knows that you're not operating in it. And so he's going to do whatever he can to get you to not believe that God is generous. He's generous with his, his gifts. And that if you start being generous, if you start treating people the way nobody else is treating them and loving them when everybody else is hating them and going to dinner with them and being with them when everybody else is not doing that, that there's power in that kind of service. Amen. Yeah. Well, the devil need to back up because I'm mad. I'm mad about it. Listen, we got to be like our daddy. We got to be like Jesus who was always being like his father because he realized if I'm like God, if I walk like who he's created me to be, there's power in that. Generosity is a part of who we are. God is so generous with us. I think I proved that to you, right? When we are who we are meant to be, when we live according to who we are, we feel fulfilled, but let me tell you, every time we don't do that, every time we live outside of ourselves, we feel unfulfilled, in, incomplete, and we lack peace. Romans 8, 6 says this, the mind governed by the flesh is death. The mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Galatians 6, verse 8 says, whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal, perpetual, remember what I'm saying, never ending life. What does that mean? When, every, when I first saw this and someone preached those two verses to me, immediately there was conviction because I thought to myself, man, every time that I just do what I want to do and give in to my own selfish desires, I'm literally killing myself. Every time I step outside of my purpose and who God you've created me to be, I'm not having peace of mind and heart. I'm literally experiencing some type of decay. 
And so the path forward for us is the choice to be who we are. And it's the choice to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And I keep saying the leadership of the Holy Spirit because he's not a dictator. He'll lead you. You just got to follow. And the Holy Spirit will give you opportunities to give and to serve others because he knows that, that there's harvest on the other side of that. And so listen, you might be listening to me and like, okay, okay. I believe the Holy Spirit is, is moving on your heart right now and you know what area of giving he wants you to, to be convicted about or he wants you to change. For some of us in this room, it is financial. You know that you should be tithing and you're just not. And so you got to deal with that. And the Holy Spirit is moving on your, on your heart about that. For some of you, it's not financial. It's about serving. It's about being a part of the body of Christ and serving others. It's about serving your family better. For some of you, you I know the Holy Spirit is moving right now and say, okay, you need to be a better giver um, of me, of time with me and spending more time with me. And so there's opportunities everywhere. And I just want to say this, we give and grow. That's the actual core value. Because I, what I've realized, and I'm still working on it, so don't, I know I'm all amped up, but I, this is something I'm working on, okay? So I just want to say that. When I give, I actually grow because I'm a better person when I give of myself. When I give, the other person who's receiving it actually grows because I'm treating them better, right? So when I give, I grow, and when I give, you grow, and when we give, we grow, and so that's where that scripture comes from. And so you might be thinking, oh, you're just trying to get my money. That's, listen, God can provide. If you want to be in disobedience, that's fine. But it's not about money. It's about our hearts. It's about what are we doing with our time? What are we doing with the talents and the skill set that God has given us? And so in this series, we've been giving you four things. Okay, how do we move forward in our relationship with Christ based off of these core values? And today we're talking about giving and growing and being generous and recognizing that if Jesus is the person that we follow, we love to follow Jesus. We love to put Jesus on our name. I'm a Christian. Okay, if that's the truth, then he is overly generous. What are you doing? And I have to, listen, he, we are working on this because y'all know I've been up here before and I told you I'm a bean counter. I count all my beans. Okay. When the Lord says, give some of those beans away, I got to get out of my flesh. Oh, Lord, I just counted those beans. Okay? So I'm telling you, the Lord is really working on me with this. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, I'm going to end here. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 says, and we read it before, whoever sows sparingly is also going to reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously is going to reap generously. Luke chapter 6, verse 39 says, with the measure you use, so it'll be measured unto you. Right? So basically, if you're cheap, you're going to reap cheap. If you can't give love, you ain't going to get love back. If you can give only disrespect, please believe. Okay? That's what this scripture is talking about. I mean, it's, he's talking about money, but in Luke chapter 6, if you don't think that he's also talking about character and how you treat other people, he's literally talking about that. Okay. Each of you should give in your heart what you have decided to give. God is not a dictator. He's not going to make you do any of this. You've got to decide. Verse 8. God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, you have all that you need and you will abound in every good work. He's able, but will you let him? Skipping down to verse 10. He will supply seed to sow, bread for food to eat. Isn't that crazy? He asks you to sow, but he's gonna give you what you need to do it, right? Verse 11, he will enrich you in every way so that you can be. Not so that you will be because he's making you, so that you can be generous, on every occasion. So what are those four things? How do we move forward in our faith? How do we move forward through the, through the core value of being generous as we follow after the pattern of God? 
Well, number one, we just talked about it. You need to remember who God is, how generous he is, right? And that you're made in his image and in his likeness. And that means that you have the ability to be generous. You got to remember who you are. The devil knows who you are and he knows that you might not know who you are. And if you do know, you might not be operating in who you are. So number one, you got to remember that, who he is and who you are. Number two, we read it in verse seven of 2 Corinthians. You've got to decide in your heart first. You've got to decide, am I going to live how God asks me to live? Am I going to do what God is asking me to do? Am I going to trust the God that we just read about, that I just tried to preach passionately to you? Am I going to trust that he is that generous? Am I going to trust that he has given me everything that I need to do this life? And am I going to decide to actually obey? That's number two. Number three, verses eight and 10 of this second Corinthians passage. You got to go to and rely on God. Verse eight through 10 says, God will bless you with everything, having everything that you need in every occasion. You could be generous. Everything that you need, you could have it. But do we allow him to bless us? You see, we can't have verses eight and 10 where it says that he's gonna supply seed, he's gonna supply food for you, he's gonna build your storehouse up. Those things can't happen if you're not in position to receive them. So if you don't go to the Father, if you're never in a place where he can pour into your lap, you're never gonna see what these scriptures are talking about. You're never gonna experience the fullness of God if you're never in his presence, if you're never in his word if you're never in church, if you're never in community with other believers who believe like this, or maybe they have a bigger and stronger faith in you, you need to be connected to that so they can get you there. And lastly, number four, you gotta follow after God's pattern of generosity. Verse 11 of 2 Corinthians chapter nine says, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous. It doesn't say that so that you will, it says so that you can be. The option is yours. That's why I love God, because he gives us free will. He doesn't make us love him. He loves us, even though we don't. He doesn't, he doesn't make us. The choice is ours. And so at City Heart, we believe that we give and we grow. We believe that we're, we're gonna make the decision to follow after the pattern of our daddy. We're gonna make the decision to be just like him. Generous, even when they don't deserve it. Well, they deserve it because they are his son, his sons and daughters, that's why. We're gonna love even when it feels like it's the person that is so unlovable, Jesus. We're gonna do right because he's worthy. We're gonna give of our time. We're gonna give of our skill set. We're even gonna give him ourselves as ratchet as we might be and come into the light and not be afraid. We're gonna be vulnerable. We're gonna give that so that he can come and fix us. Because there's so much freedom when you're not carrying the weight of all the things you don't wanna do. There's so much more freedom when you live who you are in Jesus Christ. Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this message. If you wanna hear more about this series or learn more about our church, check us out at cityheartjackson.com or follow us online at cityheartjxn.